So the Barbie movie's out this week. Yeah, very excited. I'm sure everyone knows by now. And obviously Margot Robbie, again, as everyone knows, has been doing heaps of promos, <laughs> interviews, <laughs> talk shows. So someone has commented on a video of her uh, talking on an American talk show <laughs> and slammed her for speaking in an Aussie accent, despite the fact she's Australian. I don't like that on press tour, this person writes, that she's using her Aussie accent as if to let others know she's a good actress or something. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's a thing though, right? Like, I, I remember, I remember um, f- finding out that Idris Elba was, was not American. Like, I'd only seen Idris Elba in The Wire and then I found out he was, oh. he, he was, he was British. He was like, wow. Yeah. Okay, wild. Oh, he's got a great American accent. He's got a great British accent. He's such a good actor, you see. <laughs> okay, before this, uh, before this descends any further, far out. Gee whiz, it's only Wednesday. Yeah. Kia ora, this is News Why I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. The 2026 Commonwealth Games no longer has a host city. So how on earth did the wheels fall off so badly in the Aussie state of Victoria? And speaking of Australia, we go in full Australia today to take a look at what we know about the mysterious object that's washed up on a beach in Perth. We're chatting to the British man who bloody loves this country and finding out what it is that he loves so much. And why did a country music star tell her own fans off at a recent gig? We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. Well, we'll start today with some pretty bombshell sports news that came out yesterday. The state of Victoria is saying thanks but no thanks to hosting the 2026 Commonwealth Games. The Premier over there, Dan Andrews, suggested the 12-day tournament was simply too expensive for Victoria to host with a price tag of around $6 billion Aussie dollars. The question now is, will the Games actually still go ahead? If they do, someone's going to have to step up to the plate, but staging an event of this magnitude is no picnic. Well, Michelle Hooper's with us. Michelle was the tournament director for last year's Women's Rugby World Cup and also helped to organise events like the 2011 and 2015 Men's Rugby World Cups and the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, quite the CV. Uh, kia ora and thanks for coming on Newsable. Hi, Emil and Emma no problem. So, look, from the Commonwealth Games point of view, this must be absolutely devastating news, worst-case scenario. Absolutely. I, you know, firstly, my sympathies go out to both the Commonwealth Games Federation and the um, state of Victoria. Uh, you never want to see uh, event organisers in this situation. You know, it's really a hands up that they need help. You know, I, let's just hope that they can work out a really good solution um, from this point forward. Well, speaking of solutions, someone's now got three years to stage an event like this. Is that enough time? The number one, the most important part of planning is actually in that feasibility stage prior to winning an event, the rights to host an event. Uh, You know, Victoria took over the hosting rights from Durban, who had already gone through their own financial crises to to relinquish those rights back in April 2022. So, you know, this is just showing a bit of a pattern of, uh, I guess, preparation, but also um, whether that's cost spikes or, um, you know, a little bit of lack of awareness about 
how big the cost can grow in these events? Obviously, the Commonwealth Games will be different to the Rugby World Cup. Every event will be different. But give us an insight into the sorts of things that you look at in in a feasibility study and that that you're thinking about when you're planning an event like this, the stuff that the average punter might, might never even think about. Well, when you look at the current events that New Zealand's hosting, you know, they aren't multi-sport events, they're a singular sport event. So, you know, Rugby World Cup and the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is about to, you know, blossom on our doorstep on Thursday with the opening match here in Aotearoa, which I can't emphasize enough how incredible that is, you know, that we are just about to host this huge event here in New Zealand. It's almost a little bit more one-dimensional. They're very big in their own right, but you've only got one set of variables. When you look at a Commonwealth Games, which is known as a multi-sport event, you know, they've got 280 different sports events 20 different sports, over 5,000 competitors, you know, 14,000 volunteers is what I looked up. Uh, you know, these are huge numbers we're talking about, you know. So when you're talking about standing up competition venues, you're talking about standing up competition venues to host 280 different sports events. That's pretty significant planning. And the way these bids work and the way you work out, you know, how viable it is, is obviously countries and cities look at what their growth plans are for the next 10 to 20 years, what their aspirations are, and then can a, um, you know, hosting a multi-sport event or a major international tournament help to fast-track that planning and delivery, and also, you know, all of those, you know, intangible benefits such as, you know, um, national pride and, you know, employment and, you know, all of those other contributing factors which make it a really compelling package to want to host these events. Could you see the 2026 Games just being cancelled completely, or is that is it way too early to say? I tell you what, when you're dealing with sports people, you would very rarely get anything cancelled. So um, mm. I would <laughs> look at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. If they can do it, anyone can do it, you know. Um, they took on the behemoth of a global pandemic and lockdowns and everything else and delivered a magnificent event, you know. So I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say it's far too early to put that there. Michelle Hooper, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Now, we think we have found New Zealand's biggest fan, so we're going to find out what exactly it is that makes them love this country. But we want to know what you love about this country. Food item, uh, place, vibe, city, town. Get in touch with us. You can find us on Insta or TikTok. Just search up Newsable NZ. We'll have an Insta story up that you can respond to later on today. And you can also send us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Uh, We're moving from the state of Victoria to Western Australia now because, as Jess said in the headlines yesterday morning, a giant metal mysterious object has washed up on a beach around 250 kilometres north of Perth. It's 24 hours later now and still no one knows what it is. Uh, It's very exciting. The authorities have, though, said that they know it's not dangerous. So what on earth is going on here? Uh, well, here to helpfully give us some answers is Channel 9 reporter based in Perth, Jack Hahn. He's on the beach where the mysterious object lies as we speak. G'day, Jack. How are you? Uh, hello to you guys. We're right now looking at a mysterious object that is ended up on this beach three hours north of Perth. And to be honest, no one really knows what it is. It has been the centre of much speculation. It's been the talk of this tiny town of about 300 people, the talk of the nation and, of course, <laughs> The talk really of the world, of where exactly this has come from. And it turns out, guys, it might even be out of this world. Oh, well, that's what's going to be my next question. What do we know it's not? Well, by the sounds of things, we know what it could be. 
Yeah, so we know what it could be. Obviously, when you first think about objects in the Indian Ocean, we tragically think back to missing flight MH370 that tragically went down about 10 years ago, it's believed, in the Indian Ocean. So people's thoughts first went to that. Uh, we understand now Western Australian Police, the local law enforcement body here, released a statement saying at this time it appears not to be a commercial airliner. The Australian Transport Safety Bureau, they are the aviation watchdogs, they're still investigating that possibility, looking very much unlikely at this hour. It's more looking like a piece of space junk. There's a lot of theories floating around. The one that seems to be gaining traction is that it's actually fallen off an Indian space rocket. Ah. Jack, you know, this this feels a lot to me like something very menacing, you know, like the setup for some like sci-fi action movie in which humankind is punished for its hubris by some ancient long dormant all-powerful extraterrestrial force can we definitively rule that out well we can't and to give you an <laughs> idea i've been here since 5 a.m just to make sure if anyone crawls out of there we're gonna be okay but you know jokes aside at this point it's it seems to be okay the police here the country cops based in the outback of western australia they're, they're pretty confident that uh, it is just a piece of space junk. They're actually going to be bringing in trucks and equipment to take the object off the beach. Uh, they're going to be taking it to an undisclosed location uh, where they're going to be able to do further investigating um, and, and hopefully uh, figure out the origin. Can you just quickly describe it and then also give me another object that's of a similar size so I can picture how big it is? Well, right now there is a police full-drive vehicle um, next to it, a Toyota Hilux, a utility car. It's probably the exact same size of it in terms of height and width. And there is there is literally a Toyota Hilux just outside the studio that I'm looking at right now, so yeah. this is perfect. Yeah. I can visually see how big this thing is. Yeah, exactly, and it's covered in barnacles, which suggests that it's been in the water for some time. I, I'm, I'm speechless, but Jack Hahn, thank you for your dogged journalism uh, and your unrelenting investigation into finding out exactly what this is. Thank you very much, team. We're still going to talk about a singer telling some people off in the audience at one of their recent shows, but just while I've got your attention, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. It'll help other people find us. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I am willing to bet money that in the last 24 or 48 hours, you will have either yourself or heard someone else complain about this country, Aotearoa, New Zealand. And, you know, there are some things that are making life difficult and uh, not so pleasant right now. On its own, the cost of living crisis, for example, that ticks those boxes. So, uh, you know, some complaining here and there is valid. But it does feel a bit incessant in a way, doesn't it, Amo? It seems like it never stops. Mm. However, I think we have found New Zealand's biggest fan. 
New Zealand's biggest advocate. He's from the UK and he loves it here so much. His entire social media presence is dedicated to telling the world about how much he loves this country and, and sharing this country with the world. His name is Curls and he's with us now. Kia ora, Curls. Kia ora, thank you so much for having me. Tell us, why do you love New Zealand so much? Where to start? <laughs> I think before coming here, obviously, speaking to quite a few people back home who had been here, a lot of people obviously extol the virtues of how stunning the nature is, how gorgeous the scenery is, and of course, that's totally accurate. Mm. Of course it is. But to be honest, the thing that has just absolutely captured me since day one is the people. And I think it's it's very easily forgotten when one visits areas that look good on a postcard. You know, and of course I've been to Queenstown, Milford mm. Sound, and they are stunning. But of course they are. You'd have to be crazy to, you know, to not see that. But the people here, I think, make the country what it is. And as you said, I'm sure there are many, many valid criticisms that one can uh, one can have, uh, as you can for any country. But goodness me, the the warmth and the reception that I've had from Kiwis, and this is prior to doing social media, you know, from day one, uh, I've often said that helping people in this country is like a national sport. You've also got an extreme love for the hut, lower and upper. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say not many New Zealanders uh, have uttered those words. What's so so great about the hut? I think the double-edged sword of New Zealand having such a stunning, rugged landscape is that it is difficult to travel. You know, it's it's either an expensive flight, Mm -hmm. a very long drive, or, you know, trains aren't really a thing here. So, well, I mean, they are, but not, of course, cross-country as such. So, to be honest, I think getting out to the hut is quite nice. And I think, as bizarre as this sounds, I've lived in Pornicky for the entire time been here so I think just going out and seeing somewhere that isn't Wellington is quite nice to me it's quite a nice break and again this might sound a bit peculiar but it's I don't know it's quite a residential familial setting so I think heading out into the suburbs of the hut is a bit homely I don't know as strange as that sounds I love it I love it beautiful have you seen much of the country because you you moved here I suppose at an odd time in terms of traveling and and seeing the sights and sounds of of New Zealand? Yes. So to be honest, I haven't seen too much of the South Island. I think what's fairer to say is that the places that I've been to, I've explored heavily in the North Island. So for example, certain parts of South Auckland, um, which have, make no bones about it, among some Kiwis, it has a bit of a negative reputation. And I'd like from day one, I wanted to make a big part of my co-papa about going, telling these stories in these kind of, as I say, these areas that don't have a perhaps the most glistening reputation. So certainly Hamilton, South Auckland. The hush. <laughs> Absolutely. Because as I say, and, and to kind of, you know, to, to regroup back to my, my, my first answer, that when I'm back home and I speak to people, they go, oh, you've got to go to New Zealand. You've got to see Milford Sound. You know, you've got to see the Remarkables. You've got to see all these. And yes, of course, they're stunning. But I'm sorry to sound so um, negative, but those places... They just don't really excite me that much because they look the same from one day to the next. But I go to Hamilton and I'm I'm seeing two sushi places next door to each other. I'm thinking, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy. I saw the big Christmas tree. Have you seen the size of the Christmas tree they have in Hamilton CBD? That is bigger than the one Norway sends us in London. It is unreal, honestly. So, yeah, things like that. So, sorry to take such a long answer. But, yeah, I, I have been all around, but perhaps not to the places that people expect. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming in and for, for brightening up our day. We really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. 
I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. Imogen Wells. That is my name. Does the name uh, Miranda Lambert ring any bells for you? Nah. No. Clearly you're not au fait with uh, country music in the USA. Uh, And I can't fault you for that because I'm not either. But um, Miranda Lambert is, uh, she's pretty famous from what I gather, but she has gone viral in non-country music circles. Uh Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, never a good sign for her behaviour at a recent gig. Uh, I think it was on Saturday in Vegas. So... Let me paint the picture for you. She's starting a song. Yeah. It's like a piano ballad kind of thing. Um, it, it abruptly stops during the intro, and she scolds a couple of fans in the crowd. Uh, we've got a bit of, of the audio of it here. I'm going to stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. It's pissing me off a little bit. Yeah, so she's getting grumpy uh. at, p- at people in the crowd for not listening to the song, for for taking a photo. I think there were five people in the in the crowd and they were taking a selfie. And uh. so she, yeah, she takes this step and kind of like shames them out at the gig. What, what do you what do you make of this? I think leave them alone. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with trying to take a picture for a memory? Yeah, they've paid. Like they tickets. paid money to be they've there. They paid right? money to be. But it, regardless, they're trying to capture the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, imagine what? that being your defining memory. Imagine if they were big um, Miranda, what's her name? Miranda Lambert. <laughs> imagine if they were huge Miranda Lambert fans, you know, and they'd saved yeah. up, scrimped and saved oh, for that's months. No, nah, that's not nice. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Okay, but do you kind of nah. do you kind of <laughs> get it though? In the sense of like, because it does kind of make me a bit grumpy when I'm at events like sports games or, or concerts or something like that, and people are. Like, they're there. They're there. They're experiencing it. Yeah. And they're filming what's going on on their phone. It's kind of like, man, put your phone away. Experience it. This is happening quite a lot now, though, eh? Yeah, well, it's what people do. Mm. That's what, you know, and and people do post about their experiences on social media as well. Mm. I think she's a bit nasty. But there was a reason for a pop star to yell at the crowd the other day. That was Adele. I don't know if you remember that. Was this a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago? Someone threw their ashes, or no, not their own ashes, a family member's ashes. Their uh, mum's ashes, that's Their mum's right. ashes at Pink. Yeah, while she was on stage. And then Adele, at one of her Las Vegas ones, was like, mm cut that out now, <coughs> which I think is very valid. Scold the fans then, or preemptively scold the fans. Scold the fans for pelting you with dead humans. I think someone threw cheese at Harry Styles once as well. Like, don't be doing that. Would sure. you throw anything at Taylor Swift? 
Uh, no, because I would need to protect her at all costs. She needs to be safe so that she can sing songs. Anyway, Newsable fans, we love all of you unconditionally forever. <laughs> we and, would uh, never tell you off. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> that's Newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great day. Take the selfie. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support.